1: celebrate
2: about to watch the Raiders make their third first round pick who'd they pick I can't tell right now it's probably it's probably going to be a DB someone I who will inevitably suck
1: (laughs) oh man
2: Gotta love him. Right oh, oh there we go. Yeah. Jonathan Jonathan Abram, safety. Dude who's gonna get burnt a bunch and <laughs> um, you know, in two years Gruden's gonna fire his GM and claim, you know, he never liked him.
1: Blank Mayock? Dude, that guy's a Twitter GM, bro. He's the literal definition of a Twitter GM.
2: That doesn't matter. It's not like it's not like you can tell Gruden no. Yeah, you, you know you you get what I'm saying. Like if your coach can veto you, he is the GM.
1: You mean Steve Kerr? Uh,
2: all right. So I guess we'll. St- <laughs> I've, I've been. Ro- I've been rolling on this because I was hoping you'd get some good jabs in. But
1: oh no, we gonna start right there. We gonna start right there. I'm not going to talk about Megan today, Sam. I'm already pissed off enough talking about the Warriors. You know, at work today, I've had a few friends come up to me where I had a few, like, they kind of know um, me from uh, talking about the Warriors all day or tweeting about the Warriors. So, like, after, like, the seventh or eighth person walked by, uh, my buddy next to me turns around and goes, Andy, like, that's enough. You just have to create, like, a bot at this point and just give and just, like, automate the message. If a person comes by and says they need reassurance, just give them that take. If they say, Hey, how fucked are the warriors give them that take? I'm just like, dude, I, I'm so angry that I don't care. People can come up. All I want to do is talk warriors today. That's all I want to do because I've never been more mad watching the Warriors than I did last night.
2: Yeah. Um, it's like the culmination of everything that's irritated me for a year and a half. And, I don't even know where to start with this. I guess we need to start with Kerr. Um, we, honestly, by the end of this, I'm gonna go pretty much at everyone because it's just <laughs> it's just annoying. like everyone everyone has blame in this. but we'll start with Kerr. This is the second game of the series that was winnable, that he made zero adjustment. in fact he made terrible adjustments and just gave the game away. And then he's gonna like blame the players for their focus. Where, why would you take KD out in the third quarter when you the the most lively you've looked all game, and the dude is absolutely unstoppable? The only player who showed up, and you pull him out. What just like did you see KD's face when he got pulled out?
1: (laughs) It was like Houston last year. It was like when they when Steve Kerr pulled uh, KD out against Houston, and then they made a run, and then a minute later Steve Kerr to put KD back in. It's the inability to just, just live in the flow of the moment, just coach in the flow of the moment, and don't be so structured to what you're used to.
2: And then at that, but then at the other time when he does make live in the moment, he he often makes the wrong decision too.
1: Which one are you thinking about? uh,
2: Like whatever he feels like doing with the center position, terrible. Yeah,
1: that's true. That is true.
2: I mean, dude, the minute I saw Jamichael Green at center, I'm like, okay. (sighs) How long is he going to stick with Bogut? Nothing against Bogut, but they go small. You play Looney and Dre at center. Maybe Jordan Bell. You know Bogut's not going to hang there. Like you want teams to go small against you. That's that's the Warriors' dream. They yeah. want to they want to run against us. Let's do it. Instead, I mean.
1: <sighs> so <laughs> while you pause there and sigh, that is literally what happened in 2016, right? Teams. Went small and they supersized against the Warriors and said hey we're gonna try to beat you doing that and then Steve Kerr went the other way and he's traditional and so he said I'm gonna play these big men more minutes and it's almost like he's scared to hurt their feelings that's probably not it but it's like he ends up hurting the feelings of the players that actually matter do you think Sam that Andrew Bokit gives a shit if he doesn't play another second of another game like he does not care there's no way. You've got Kevin Durant here, as you just said, who's pissed off because you take him out of the game. Why about, did Clay Thompson come out of the game in the first? Yeah. Draymond.
2: I don't know. It's the minute thing, I get it. You don't want to overextend guys when your ambition is to go to June. But you know it's gonna overextend them? Having to go <laughs> six games against the Clippers. <laughs> Play play KD four more minutes and he doesn't have to play forty four minutes on Friday. I don't know, man. It's This
1: is what you do this is what you do in December. This is coaching it. This is why you don't play So me and you we've talked about this for years where we get pissed off in like January and we say like dude why doesn't he just play guys more so we don't have to watch freaking you know Quinn Cook you know blow another defensive assignment, right? But, you know, you get mad in January, that's fine. Who cares? We're in mid-April. We're in mid-April, and we're talking about the exact same issues. Except for now it's the postseason, and if you fuck around again, all of a sudden it's a game seven, and let's say somebody sprains an ankle, and you're going home.
2: So so here's my thing also. He loves to say, you know, the message starts getting tuned out. Um, mm-hmm. What's the other one? Oh, I made some mistakes tonight. And it's like it's the most privileged thing ever to like oh sorry guys did my job bad i'll do better you know like at some point figure it out they don't listen to your message change your message or fire him you know like it's honestly like the excuse that players tune him out is not really acceptable either he has to find a new way to connect with them or they have to find a different coach whoa yeah, I'm I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like the whole like they tune me out thing, not really an acceptable excuse. And don't get me wrong, I'm gonna blame some of the players too. Maybe you need to trade yeah, someone we'll get or do there. something there too. But it's like the whole, well, we've done this so long and they tune me out thing, I don't I don't know that I buy that as an acceptable excuse. Um and then more than anything, like the rotation stuff on top of it, it's just kind of it 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 strikes me as like fake smart stuff. Like I'm trying to make a point, but what you're really doing is just agitating everyone more.
1: Well, let's get back to that. You talked about the, uh, the tuning out part, um, with, with Steve Kerr, it's, he understands with Steph Curry that he'll probably get away with doing whatever he wants. Cause Steph is just going to listen. Right. But like even,
2: Steph- but even then I disagree so much. Steph played awful in game five and awful in game four. And, a lot of that was lack of engagement. And I'm gonna, well, I'm going to put some of that on Steph. Like, dude, you have to just push harder, you know? Uh, but some of that's also like he didn't really want to play, and I don't see the coach really finding a way to energize him or get him going either.
1: Well, I think that – I think Kerr probably didn't tell him to go get the ball. Like, he's, Kerr's not that type of guy to tell him to do that. Well, what, I think Kerr is very comfortable with allowing – steph curry to play off the ball and play the way he is we can segue this into steph but i just think that that's how he is that's how he's always no, been let's let's stick
2: on let's stick on kerr right now Then we'll go to steph kerr,
1: more often than not uh wants to shackle steph we've seen it he doesn't like the crazy shots that he takes right more often than not kerr wants draymond green to not shoot threes right curtail some of those turnovers some of the wild play I've always been on the other side of that where it's like, dude, let Draymond shoot a couple threes a game because if that's how he gets engaged, that's how he gets engaged. Let Steph handle the ball. If and, he turns the ball over a couple times, that's fine. That's, how he, that's what he needs to get engaged, right? But and,
2: yeah, go ahead. And yeah, with, with Draymond, that, that was always the funniest one to me. Like, there was never going to be a point where Draymond took eight threes in a game. Like, right. We're talking about the difference between one and three, threes a game. Like, Let him, right. let him breathe enough so that he's going um and with the Steph thing, it's not the on or off ball thing as much for me. it's like his energy was terrible last night, and at a certain point, you have to do something whether it's- Correct. Ca- calling a play to get him going, putting the ball in his hands for a specific second and Kerr's not that kind of coach he's never nope. been he doesn't call plays um he wants him to read and react, and in general, that's a good thing, especially when you have four or five guys who can handle the ball and are high acute decision makers. Like you you don't want the Rick Carlisle screaming at Steph with what play to run every time they go up and down the court. You know, like that's but find
1: the balance though.
2: But you have to figure out when to push those buttons too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It I feel like he takes longer with it and you know they're probably gonna win game six
1: and they might win by thirty. And it's probably gonna win by thirty. But it's the same habits, man. Yeah. It's like it's the same shit. It's this it came back to bite him one time, dude. It came back to bite him when we freaking watched Festus Zili come in the game for no reason. And the only
2: reason it hasn't come back to bite him since then is because they have so much overwhelming talent. Like D'Antoni outcoached him in the Western Conference Finals last year. The Warriors just event just wore him down with talent
1: you know what well, i guess i guess you can argue that that was steve Kerr's strategy if you wanted
2: that is but that's, so, such, a weak, that's such a weak right. strategy when you it's have weak. more talent yes, it's like, it's correct. like it's like having the most explosive offense and deciding to run the ball and play correct. clock management and football you know it's like yep. no do that if you can't throw the ball you don't need to do that to beat the rockets
1: yep um, yep you're 100% right. you i agree with you uh, i i think Steve Kerr has so okay. So let's let's start with this. Let me start with the hedge. I have to, Sam. Before I was gonna go I was actually forward.
2: gonna give the counter myself, but go for it.
1: <laughs> okay, I will, I'll take that position. Uh, because of Steve Kerr, the offense of the Warriors and the defense shouts to Rod Adams, of course, has they they've elevated the Warriors from a mediocre playoff team to a championship contender and then a dynasty. Okay, let's end there. But on, but beyond that. Um, Steve Kerr feels like it, it to me. Feels like he has so much talent, and he's so privileged to the point that he knows that the team can win playing any way that they want. That he wants to win playing his way. He wants to win playing it's the certain, system. It's that certainly
2: ideal. It is ideal ideological. I, I'd agree with you there. Um, the counter I'll say is we'll get to the overall dis like kind of bad chemistry vibes of the team. Um, I don't know how anyone can watch the Warriors and not admit it exists now. Like, I think people freaked out at you and me for pointing it out six months ago. And I got that. But, like, at this point, you kind of have to acknowledge, like, they <laughs> they can beat anyone. They sh- they're they probably still the title favorites. But, like, this isn't the joyous 2015 Warriors. It's This is a much more. It's the
1: opposite. It's the freaking it's Yeah, they the might opposite. have the worst
2: chemistry of any playoff team left.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's close. Them or Philly. Um, um, yeah, I was, I was thinking Philly, dude. <laughs> In my head, I was like, Jimmy Butler, Ben yeah. Simmons. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Um, you, you could say that him being adversarial to the squad might pull them closer together. Like, him doing this stuff is him trying to purposely, oh, like, it's it's a meta-level Oh, mind games it wouldn't put me past them because that's like some phil
1: jackson zen stuff steve Car- steve kurt is extremely intelligent he is probably the most emotionally intelligent coach that we have in the league besides pop yeah but i mean even that's a stretch man
2: so i would that's- say i i do think actually that's part of it part of his stubbornness is to kind of get them to buy in and he doesn't care if they hate him for it you know like we know he doesn't care um because he's he's trying to drive him to a singular point. And that might actually be the way that they um, they buy in. Where they're all like, um, they do it in spite of him. Like, you know, they, they unite in their annoyance with him.
1: And he's the martyr. But I mean, he becomes the martyr.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it could go either way. Like, you can, if it works, we'll call it genius. If it doesn't work, you know, <laughs> it looks bad. So, it's kind of, it is what it is. I mean, he could he could give in to all of them and they could still be you know the same mess because everyone gets their way all the time right
1: yeah i mean here here's the here's the thing too with him and you make an important point to say like they they do have to band together some way either hey we want to do this because we want a chip championship or we want to do this because fuck steve kerr you know probably not going that far there needs but to, there needs to be like
2: a certain yeah because like right there has to be because the, right now be. they're playing entitled they play with that i mean it they look like they look like your average Joe going to the cubicle. Like it's,
1: <laughs> it doesn't they're mailing look it. Yeah, it, it, it's exactly it. They're mailing it. In. The first six minutes of the game last night was absolutely pathetic effort. They're getting out rebounded by Patrick Beverly. They have no idea who they're guarding on defense. Their offense: Steph Curry's dribbling up the court to half court, then tossing it to a guy, Draymond Green, and then standing in the corner. You got Kevin Durant who didn't even show up for the first couple minutes and then went off in the middle of the quarter until the end clay thompson gets taken out after he gets hot right in the middle of the first quarter because they want him to play the whole second when we talk about lack of adjustments that's it right there it's just a team that it's a closeout game game five you're at home you have some days to rest to play the rockets and they come out with that effort that's not just steve Kerr, man. that's fucking everyone like yeah. that's that's pathetic like you, i don't care how tired you are what year it is like you cannot come out with effort like that
2: yeah i think clay said um after the game, he he tried to take responsibility. It was like, I was looking ahead, you know. Um, what do you say? It was basically, yeah, like he did. He, he said that. Yep. He said he was looking ahead, and you know, that's that's his own fault. Like, obvious. It, we we all watch the game, and I think most people would say the Warriors tried to dial it up in the mid third, like that around the middle of the third is when they're like, oh, we might lose, you know, and, and, and like all things they could have won after that. But like when you're playing a 15 to 18 minute game, yep. you leave, you leave the, the yep. door open. You know, if, yep. if you play if all 48, you're going to win.
1: Yep. And if they play all 48, 48, they win against any team in the league. It's not close. Um, and the thing about it is, and, and but so part of the good piece about this is that after the collapse a couple of weeks ago or last week, even, um, They were pissed, I think. And so when you say about the team coming together after this loss, it kind of felt like the loss after uh, Houston when they went down 3-2, where the team wasn't worried. They were like, hey, like we're fine. like We're fine. We figured it out. We're good. We're going to win this series. They obviously went ahead and won the next two games. Uh, This wasn't like, hey, we're fine. We're going to win the series. They probably know they're going to win the series, but they weren't necessarily going after each other. Right, It seemed like they were going after each other after the collapse, after game two. So they figured something out there. I think this was more of like just they really, truly brought out regular season effort and they tried to flip the switch in game, in a playoff game. Do you know how arrogant that is to try and do that?
2: Yeah, I mean... And I think it's also one of those things where, like you said, literally... A week ago, they had a, just an embarrassing collapse at Oracle, right? <laughs> you would think it would take at least a month or so for them <laughs> to like let their foot off the gas, but no, it was it was three games. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of speaks to we should let's let's move to the player side here. Okay, they've officially hit fatigue levels um, because you know. Last year, they were able to flip the switch in the playoffs, um, in a pretty substantial way. They obviously got into trouble versus Houston, who's a very good team, and there was some weird stuff going on with the Warriors there. But um, before that, they were they were pretty dominant even without Steph, especially on the defensive end. Um, this one, they're just kind of, I mean, they, they're they look like they're just trying to get to June. Like you they, think
1: they're you think they're tired?
2: Yeah. I, th- I think they're, I think they're mentally drained more than physically. I think it's very hard for them to get up. And the Clippers are the opposite. The Clippers are probably yeah. the most engaged team in the playoffs. You know, it's it's a collection of good players, but none of which are great. Uh, although Luo is making his case, um, and they are. I mean, they're all just energy guys. Like, if you think about it, they're actually the exact team the Warriors don't want to see given their malaise.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's it almost to me feels like this probably would have happened against any team, though. Like, if they had played San Antonio or if they had played anyone. Sure. They've, got, they've gotten to the point where they're mailing it in so much that i mean i guess if they play san antonio they'll probably they have probably won by five but because they don't have lou williams and lou williams is just completely taken over in some of these games or
2: Montrez harrell or beverly like those guys are just kind of the the energy guys who can yeah if if you're not engaged they're gonna really
1: irritate you um you want to talk about players who do you want to start with steph
2: yeah let's start with the the two time (laughs) um Uh, I think his energy level is the most disappointing thing to me. And it's – he's a superstar. He's one of the best players of all time. Like, he shouldn't – and he'll probably snap out of it in the next game or so. He shouldn't need someone to, quote, unquote, get him going. And that's what kind of irritates me. Watching him the last game and a half, I see a dude who's – kind of takes himself out of the game, right? And we we can we can say he's off ball. He is off ball, but it's not like he can't run to the ball, get the ball. Like we've watched enough basketball. If you're an elite player, you get the ball in your hands. It's not hard.
1: But this is stuff that we're used to, though. This is not stuff we don't know. That's my thing. Okay. So this this Steph Curry, the way he kind of like has his eyes glazed over and he's kind of chilling in the corner, we've seen this before. This is not the first time, and so. If we've seen this before, why is there no why is there nothing that why is Steve Kerr not doing anything to fix this, right? It's right, but, on but Steph Curry, but
2: we've already we've already hit on Kerr. Like personally, if I was Steph's coach, knowing that he has this tendency, it would be right. my imperative to find a way to engage him. Um but but you know, someone who's sympathetic to Kerr would say he has enough other stuff going on <laughs> that is not his priority. But it does speak to to Steph that he he kind of unengages in that way and plays a good soldier instead of just like they needed more out of you, man.
1: They need a, they need a little Russell Westbrook out of Steph in those moments. They yeah, need it's, a, they, it's like
2: two extremes, right? We, we yeah. we've seen. <laughs> We've seen Russ, um, and you know I don't really care to make fun of him anymore. Like the points have been proven.
1: <laughs> Although this is a very good time to do so, by the way. But yes.
2: Um. But but Steph can go the other way. Like Steph's weakness is uh, he can be too much of the good sh- good soldier and like wanna be just kind of that guy instead of I- accepting the fact that he needs to take more responsibility.
1: Um. I think Steph knows this. I think people tell Steph this. I think Steph is almost like a coach in the way that he – by the way, no criticism of Steph coming from me, so that's all for you, Sam. <laughs> but I think uh, he kind of looks at Andy's it from a just coach. Trying,
2: Andy's just trying to get a job at Under Armour.
1: <laughs> Come on, baby. I'm in. I'm in. Hey, where's Brian Barr? Is he going to hire me soon? Uh, <laughs> 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 although I guess he's not even your way. Um, but I think that's just who he is as a person where he sees the long run. Uh, on these kind of things. And I think for him, he understands that um, to keep the team happy, he almost has to play this way. And by keep the team happy, I mean to keep Kevin Durant happy. So I think that, and you know what's the interesting part? During the season, we did see Steph chuck up a bunch of shots, and he didn't freeze KD out, but he wasn't looking for KD either. So we see, we've see we seen Steph go the other way. It almost seems like Steph was like, you know what? I'm just going to chuck up like 30 shots. But we are right, though. When you see him disengage in the first five minutes like that, like he did last night, and then he picks up like a stupid foul, you automatically see him like, all right, well, shit, like this is probably not going to be a great game for him. And that's exactly what happened. Like he's the definition of if he's in a rhythm, he's the best player there is. If he's not in a rhythm, he's still great, but he's not Steph Curry. And you can't.
2: You can't he win, becomes like, a lot more. He becomes a lot more normal. Um, I I kind of disagree with you there because I, I there's a billion games I can think of where he's kind of started mediocre and then he just kind of explodes. Like if, if there's one way to define Steph historically, is he's the most explosive player of all time. No one else can put twenty points on a team as fast as him. Um, he's not as complete as Katie. Katie's a better all around scorer than him. Um, You could say the same for, like, Jordan and LeBron, but, like, none of those guys could just flip a game in a minute 30 the way Steph can. Like, he's the most explosive player I've ever seen, and I don't think anyone would dispute that at all. Um, So I don't think – like, it doesn't always – it doesn't bother me when he starts slow or hits a lull because he's proven more than enough times, like, he can push out of it. Like, I kind of reject the theory, oh, if he starts poorly, you know, he kind of just floats. Uh, but he, um, you know, the, the energy just wasn't there all last night. There's no other way to put it.
1: The so the other piece is that if they don't enjoy playing with each other, then there's no there's no movement. There's no shots. Just, just no shot distribution. And Steph Curry shoots the ball 15 times. And so in a game like this where he's starting slowly, you if you want him to get back in rhythm and you want him to score well, then it's two things. They either need to suddenly figure out how to pass the ball again and have that move get some stops, or have Curry handle the ball and shoot it a lot. Obviously, the first thing didn't happen, and the second thing didn't either. And that's that is the part. Or just or just involve him fix. on
2: on ball action. Have him screen for KD or go the other way around. I mean, KD was feeling it last night. Why not run Steph as a screener? He'll, you know, KD will pass to him if they send two bodies to him. It's not the, like he a,
1: actually. It happened. It, it happened in true. the first quarter. Um, and
2: then it didn't happen after that, really.
1: Whose fault is that? That's obviously, who's that? Katie's fault, Steph's fault, fault, everyone's fault. Like, that's not hard. It's not freaking rocket science. Yeah, I don't know. We, we've gone 24
2: minutes, and yeah, we wait. haven't, um, well, with like five <laughs> minutes of Raiders talk at the top. But um, uh, we didn't talk on the defense, which is actually, I think, the most telling sign that, that the chemistry is off. Um, because I, I rewatched a good chunk of the game today and there wasn't a lack of individual effort on defense. Like Steph was trying his best and there, you know, it was a mixed bag. He had some really good possessions on Gallinari of all people. And they also had a couple dumb reaching fouls. Uh, KD, when he was engaged was good. Draymond was engaged. I mean, there wasn't an engagement issue, but I haven't seen this team. Like there were so many terrible rotations they looked like a um you know like a young team who if if the opponent ran two actions they didn't know how to rotate and that was weird for me
1: do you think that's personnel though
2: no because because i'm talking about um i mean i'm talking about like if it's mckinney i'll call it personnel i'm talking about lineups with the core players with Bogut, with Looney, with Igadala, like guys who definitely like it's not a um, you know it's, we're not talking a, a Quinn Cook a McKinney situation here.
1: Why can Bogut play? Right, because Zubac isn't playing anymore. Like, can Bogut hang?
2: No, but I'm talking about like two guys jumping the wrong way and leaving someone wide open, like yeah. the type of the type of stuff that's just poor communication which really shouldn't happen for a team as experienced as this team is.
1: Yeah, that's the that's uh, that's the that's the flip switch that they're not able to do right now. Like that's the, uh, in my opinion, that's the, if we're locked in and we're coming in ready to treat this closeout game like a closeout game, I don't think that happens. But the fact that they think they can come in and they can flip it on in the middle of the first quarter it, because they're like, oh shit, we're actually down by a couple points here. I thought we would just blow them out or they want to do this, you know, at the middle of the fourth quarter because they're like, all right, well, it's a tie game now. We can bring this home. I think that's the problem. And they're just not as good. Like, let's be honest here. They're just not as good as they were, right? Yeah, I mean,
2: I will say that. Last year's playoffs, for all their up and down issues, the defense was there from game one against the Spurs in round one. Um, And it's not there right now.
1: It's just – they're just not – I mean, it's there for, like, a game. right? You know, in the regular season, we didn't even see it there at all. They would do it a game, but there was never, like, a week or two-week long stretch where we ever saw it. It just was never there. And so wh- what does it take to get there? Do you think it'll take a game seven? you think it'll be game six? you think Houston in, in round two, that you think they're going to be able to lock in the whole series? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be able to lock in the whole series. Definitely not if they get through Houston. Like who they're going to play? Portland and San Antonio. I don't think they're locking in at all.
2: I, th- <laughs> I think probably... H- Houston might be the easiest for them because Houston slows it down so much, and they don't have to worry about as many um, rotations. They just watch Looney
1: play defense, yeah. <laughs> for like for like the whole game.
2: <laughs> Looney, Looney, go just go chase him around. That's what yeah. they're at really. They're like they're all older, and they're all like Looney. You go do this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I no, I'm with you, man. I I think uh, I, I I do think it's time to admit that defense is not there. It, it's not, and it, it do might you think be. It, do you think it
2: goes to an overarching um, kind of the chemistry is not there? Because a lot of defense is about like intrinsic chemistry between beyond. Like you obviously have to have the IQ and the talent to do it.
1: Yeah, but. Draymond Green, I, I would you would think that Draymond Green and Kevin Durant would put that aside for when they're on the court and actually playing together though. Like that's my thing. Like they may not like each other on the court, the players, right? They may not like oh sorry off the court, but I think on the court they can put it aside at least for a game at a time to figure that out or a few minutes at a time when they play the Hamptons Five together. I just think that the personnel and they're just not that good on defense anymore hurts. Um, and the Clippers are kind of playing out of their mind. Who the fuck is Landry Shamit?
3: Like Schammett's he's playing, good.
1: he's playing forty minutes a game, and it's not like he's scoring a bunch, but he's out there. And I don't think he's terrible. Same with Shea Gilgis. I don't think these guys are going to be superstars, but like these guys are legit role players that are probably going to be legit role players for a long time, like ten years in the league. Um,
2: yeah, very impressive are,
1: for rookies. That's pretty crazy. Um, Jerry West, per usual, doing this job. Uh, this defense, though, I yeah, I don't, I don't see it from them, and I don't see how they can lock in for a full game. Like, what do you think happens on uh, tomorrow night?
2: Uh, they're probably gonna lock in tomorrow night. I don't know. It's gonna be <laughs> funny. This pod's, this pod's, gonna, this pod's gonna drop Friday morning, and it's gonna look really dumb within twelve hours.
1: Well, the thing is, you know what's funny is <laughs> it'll, the, it'll look, it'll look smart again in thirty six hours when they lose the Houston in game one
2: or actually or you know the way it's going it's it'll be no no more than
1: a week right (laughs) yeah i mean they'll lock in again they'll win game one at home against houston then like they'll lose game two and then they'll lose game three and then they'll win like three in a row (laughs) or something like it's just it's so unpredictable but it's predictable at the same time like you don't know when they'll lock in but you know that it's coming it's it's pretty annoying you would think yeah i think that should be steve Kerr?
2: Yeah, I do. yeah. So now we've we've come around from fire Kerr <laughs> to sympathy for Steve Kerr
1: in twenty five minutes, thirty minutes. Oh, this is going really well.
2: I just want to. Um, I'm just waiting for someone to yell at me because they only listened to the first eight minutes and thought it was like way too hot takey and just like unfair to Kerr. And I'm, you know, i I'll just say, give it another twenty minutes. <laughs>
1: We're all Steve Kerr's dance That We feel bad for him. I'm like, man, can you imagine me coaching like four superstars? Cool. Did you see the clip today with Draymond Green yeah. not not turning down the music? and uh, That, that just kind of sums up
2: yep. where they're at with each other. It's a lot of – it really is kind of like how you are with your family where you just like you, – you will do things around your family you wouldn't do around people you're trying to impress. It's like I don't care anymore. What yeah,
1: are you going to do? A- <laughs> and there's been moments where you're like like you're just in your head you're like holy shit she's fucking annoying right <laughs> and you're just not afraid to to kind of say that and yeah, we liken I, I liken that to people that i talk with because it's like they've been together for so long and it feels like in this age in 20 you know in, in 2015 to 2019 the last five years being together in the last five years in social media is like social twenty media, years
2: twenty four seven cycle. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a long long time. Um, one thing I will say is it's giving me new appreciation for teams who've three peated. Just to understand, I don't want to say like the emotional toll, but like it really is like it's a long time, and it's like it's not a talent thing. It's just other people get more hungry than you, and you get worn down. It kind of puts in um, – it puts previous dynasties – it makes me appreciate them in a different way because I haven't watched it as closely as I've watched this one, obviously. But
1: but it almost – but here's the thing. Do you not appreciate this dynasty? If they if 3 threepeat this – even like even though they may be more talented than those Lakers, maybe, although people still think the Lakers are going to win or the MJ Bulls, let's say they're similarly talented, wouldn't it be – Tougher mentally for this team, just because of stuff that they have to go through mentally. For um, sure.
2: Like I think mean, if... Jordan Jordan didn't have to deal with Twitter, yeah. or Instagram I mean, look, look or at like KD. TMZ. Can you imagine TMZ in the mid nineties?
1: I oh, think man. MJ probably would have beat someone up. I, I think.
2: I'm just thinking Dennis Rodman.
1: Yeah, I was. I messed up. I should have. <laughs> I should have said, said Rodman. But yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, it, it turns into a. Um, it, it just wears so much more. So it. it it's interesting. I think it's going to be one of those things where if they win this year, we'll probably appreciate it more because just of how much they have to go through to get there.
1: You know? It's tough. It's t- yeah.
2: I
0: mean, people it's not it's everyone easy. will think
2: 16, 16, 17 will be their peak in terms of where they're the most dominant, but this one might end up being the most satisfying if they, if they finish it off, if they can do it. Uh, because it it feels like they're insanely vulnerable.
1: Yeah, it just feels like everything's about to fall apart. I mean, you you watch this team, and you. I mean, this happened versus
2: the Clippers in round one. There's if they do make it all the way to the finals, we're probably going to feel this another five times. <laughs>
1: um, what did Igudala? What was his quote about in in the middle of the season about? Uh. Screw it! I can't remember, but something is essentially about if it ain't if it ain't a hard journey to the top, then it's or something like that. Um, But it, it it's a good gr- good foreshadowing because the Warriors are gonna have a really tough path, like you just said, dude. If they're going six games against the Clippers, they're at least going six against the the Rockets. Five and we, six. And we
2: should say if they go six against, they they're gonna play the Rockets in two days after Game Six. Like they they blew their chance at extra rest. I think do not even two part.
1: days. Like a day and a half.
2: Oh, that's right, because it's a noon tip. They're going to finish at 9.30 to 10 in L.A., um, fly back, and then they have to turn around in 36
1: hours. (laughs) That, like, that, right? They deserve it. They deserve that because they fucked it up themselves. They should have won game two, and that's a four-game series. They blew game two. They blew game five. Or they didn't show up to game five, and now they're playing two extra games that they never should have played. And – you watch those Rockets games. We talking about Rockets and James Harden. These aren't world beaters. Like, this is not a sixty seven win team that the Warriors are playing, in my opinion. They're good. But not the team from last year, dude. Like they're not Yeah, I was I
2: was torn with the that, idea they're that, that they're, they're better. Team. But I don't think they're yeah.
1: They're not better. Um Oh, well, the Warriors ain't better either, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a rock fight (laughs) (laughs) i mean the warriors aren't playing defense in fairness to houston they well actually the jazz don't play don't, don't have offense so let me scratch that i don't know if the rockets play defense or not all right um let's get to that bob myers quote ethos life insurance blue wire life can be stressful but getting life insurance shouldn't be that's why there's ethos ethos is a modern kind of life insurance super fast incredibly affordable and very uncomplicated. So at Ethos or at GetEthos.com, there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars. No paperwork or meetings with pushy reps. Only takes 10 minutes and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. In most cases, you can have that peace of mind for less than one cup of coffee every single day.
2: Just
1: just, Just one cup of coffee. Starbucks, Pete's, Salesforce has a new coffee spot. You know that? Come through, Sam. No hidden fees. Having a life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance should not cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com.
3: The playoffs are nothing like the regular season. They are two completely different sports the way it's officiated, uh-huh. the, the way that he's playing 42 minutes uh, in the playoffs. I don't know what he averaged in the regular season when he was playing. So, so your bench is completely different in yeah. the regular season versus the playoffs. Um, and you can, and you can prepare differently. You can
0: prepare differently.
3: You have more time. And you do prepare differently. <clears throat> yeah. Not only can you, you do. And you better believe Paul listening to Doc as his coach in a regular season back-to-back game, he's going in the locker room, he's like, all right, who am I got? You know, in the playoffs, <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. Right. And by the way, in the playoffs, his first move is gone. It's like a baseball player that they say, well, here's our scouting report, he cannot hit a curveball away. Mm-hmm. He's getting a curveball away every single pitch. So if they say, Paul, take away his right hand, right hand drive, and the pick and roll we're gonna blitz, whatever they know he does well is gone. Mm. So that's where you need to check as many boxes as you can, even shooters. We played some great shooters in the playoffs and have neutralized them. Because if that's all you can do is shoot the three, then you're not not necessarily the weapon that we sometimes make you out to be in the regular season. That two two feet of space you had in the regular season is two inches. And you watch Mm. how many players cannot make a shot in the playoffs and shoot 42% in the regular season. It's not the same thing. So why does that matter? The more dimensions you have to your game, the harder you are to take away. Shoot the three, get fouled, get to the free-throw line, drive to the basket. Well, how am I going to go up, what, what should I have done against Paul Pierce? I'll let him shoot three. No. Um, let him go to the rim. No. Foul him. No. Um, keep him off the free-throw. There, there's too many things he does. Left, right, whatever. Oh, and by the way, let's pick on him defensively. No. That's what makes a Hall of Fame player. So you want as many of those guys as you can, so we can't get too caught up in, like, Let's have four shooters. OK, well, what if those guys can't do anything else, can't guard or their position? Hurt. So I think it's more than sometimes we make it out to be. And, and the people here, I assume, are basketball fans. You watch the playoffs. You'll know who can play basketball. That's when you evaluate players.
2: So that audio you're hearing is was Bob Myers at the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference um, a month, almost two months ago. Um, it, it resurfaced on Twitter and kind of got sent around. Um, that Bob Myers, smart guy, Andy.
1: I love Bob Myers. I hope he. I hope he doesn't take that pay raise in L.A. Huh? I hope, hope yeah. Laker pays him. I mean, I he's. Hope.
2: It's um to me, it resurfacing right as the playoffs started is perfect because yeah, it really is just a remind. I mean, he's right. It's it's a complete different sport, and a lot of people have kind of asked why it's a different sport, and the best way to put it is like you. You're in a different city every day. You're not and you're playing a team once, everyone here has played pickup. You play pickup against the same guys three times in a row. You understand their tendencies in a way you don't the first time, right? It's the same concept. So you play a best of seven. Uh, That's stuff that you know, like, oh, you know he wants to go left, It your body now, you have the muscle memory to stop it or to push it other ways. <laughs>
1: I think that's the philosophical difference of what the Warriors try to do versus what the Rockets try to do, which, man, this probably would have been perfect if they had just won last night because it would have been a perfect preview pod, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I was going
2: to say, I I sent this to you (laughs) before Game 5, thinking, like, oh, this is perfect for a Rockets preview pod, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're just as arrogant as the the Warriors. We're going to do this, you know, 10, 15-minute segment here because it is great. You found this, and and you brought this up, and I think that it's, it is what makes the Warriors' scheme and the way they find players so great because they traded for Godala, they signed Sean Livingston, they they drafted, well, I guess they got lucky with Draymond, but Klay Thompson, like, they have all these wing players. That's their core players that
2: Let's can talk do everything. X Kevin Durant, who can actually do
1: everything at, like, well, A-level. <laughs> well, that one, yeah, that one's tough. I mean, look, but, but how about Harrison Barnes? He could He could rebound. He could defend a little bit. He could shoot. Uh, you know, he Not wasn't much of the past. <laughs> the,
2: the handle, I admitted that never, part. The handle never came. If the handle never came, did. if the handle came, um, well, he's probably still a warrior and history is different, but anyway, it didn't happen.
1: <laughs> right. But, but you can see the vision there, right? Because they just don't have, like they have players that can do a lot of different things. And that's the difference between the warriors and the rockets. And that's why I get really annoyed when the, the reason what the rockets took him to seven, because, it never should have happened, and it really should have noted that the Warriors just have a better playoff team than the Rockets. And James Harden was not good. Games five, six, seven, he was not. He was not. And good there's a reason for that. One.
2: You do know he scored forty in every series last year, and then proceeded mm-hmm. to just get worse. Because, I mean, there. On the one hand, I'm, I'm I don't think Harden gets shook at all, but he makes zero adjustments. That, and that's kind of that's kind of the um, the brilliance and the downside of him. Like nothing is gonna phase him from playing his game. At the other hand, it's also like sometimes you gotta read the room a little more.
1: Well, that's the problem, right? You you literally just named it. Like he's not he's not really phased. The problem when you're not really phased is that you just keep doing what you're doing. So he's just shamelessly chucking up you th- step back threes.
2: Are you throwing out the current appropriate fear?
1: <laughs> um but no, but that that's that's what he's doing. He's just out here chucking him up and there's no there's no counter to that. I mean, he's kind of a bit of a floater going, but you see what the Warriors are doing.
2: Yeah, the floater the fl- I'm curious how that's going to look against the Warriors. I still don't think it's like I mean, it is a counter. It is nice that he has a little floater now, but like it's still not the same as being able to operate in the mid-range because you can't get the the step back off and you can't get to the rim.
1: And then here's the other side, and, and I think this is what Bob Myers means, is that they have an offense where P.J. Hucker, Trevor Reza, Gerald Green, Eric Gordon, like these guys just stand in the corner and shoot. They're not necessarily cutting or setting screens or doing anything, right? Like they're not doing anything that, like that on offense. So really, what if they're not making shots? And the literal example of that is 0 for 27.
2: Yeah, and it's um... – the one thing we didn't give the, the Rockets enough credit for, um, in general, was was their defense. Just kind of like, I mean, they were pretty gritty. They definitely played harder than the Warriors, um, but there was also kind of the th- their plan was essentially just to space it out and let two guys go to work, and those guys just ran out of gas. And that kind of like that kind of speaks to um, Bob Myers' point, which was. Look how many good shooters will not shoot well in the playoffs because their legs are shot because you crowd them more. Um, so you have to be able to do more than just, you know, go to that step back. It's yeah. kind of hard to argue with that. You know, you know, it, it may work once or twice, but there's kind of, the thing is it's, you kind of have to play the situation. If you're tired, you can't just keep going to that. You got, you got to find something else.
1: Um. Let's see. So the Warriors, what do they do about it? Right. Because they have an offense. Wow. We really went from Steve Kerr, hot taken from the start to now I, why I like the Steve Kerr offense is because they run an, they run an offense. Because well, let's art. put it this
2: way. We, we like it and they haven't really been running it. So that's the problem.
1: <laughs> Love that dude. That's perfect. Um, because they run an offense where if they're, if you are theoretically, enjoying playing with each other and actually passing and moving and trusting each other. That is an offense that will wear a team down in a seven game series and will not lose. Because do you remember against Memphis in that first season and then Cleveland where that offense struggled a little bit, but by the end of the series, they had made enough adjustments that all they got were open dunks and open threes. And they just kept running the same offense ran a lot of pick and roll too, but that same offense brought them to the championship because they had they had warmed down you can't stop the offense because you can stop a hardened offense because you know where everybody's gonna Everybody's gonna be at any moment, the Warriors if they're engaged You don't know what's gonna happen that relocation three that counter like the elevators what they used to run years ago Like all that type of stuff. You can't stop that because there's like four different plays off of that with Harden. Not really right like don't it's you kind think, of the same stuff
2: Don't you think of someone like Kyrie Irving or Dame Lillard when you hear Bob talking about how many boxes can you check and how they are a better weapon in the playoffs versus, let's say, a Russell Westbrook or even a James Harden, where it's just kind of repetitive nature of certain plays where you are objectively elite at, but there's not that many of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, that's a great— I mean, the rest that you're saying is amazing because— and Harden, too. I mean, it's— and Dane I mean, Harden's a lot think... better, but yeah. Dame, I even think, was exposed last season, though. Like, and I think that OKC did such a poor job of, of Dame. They really should have just done the same thing. They never trapped Dame. They never trapped him, and I, I never could understand it. But, uh, but I get that's not
2: trapping the... him if you have, uh, Paul George, and, but it wasn't working. You would think, just... you would think once they went down, um, when they were on the verge of going down 3 1, and then when they did go down 3 1, they would, um, they would go with some desperation tactics.
1: Yeah, dude, dude, like that's what people do with Steph, right? And Steph, Steph's counter is that he is the best off-ball player in the league outside of probably Clay. Like that's Steph's counter, and you can't stop that. Now you got to stop an on-ball and off-ball. Well, he stopped himself because he's on off-ball too much. But um, like Kyrie, but Kyrie you're saying is the king of counters. There, I've, I don't even know a Kyrie signature move just because he has 20 signature moves. There's nothing anybody can do with Kyrie, right? And, and like that's the one player. And like with LeBron, like he's something similar too. He just rather pass more. That's his. That's his problem. Um, and actually, right. when
2: you think about it, the LeBron, the most iconic LeBron games involve him going to counters, like being wet with his outside jumper, with the, the mid-range shot, stuff like that, which isn't stuff you think of LeBron typically nope. for. But like his most iconic games are him trusting that he can hit those shots. Remember that Boston
1: game. And, yeah, that's and, that's exactly
2: yeah. what I'm talking about. It's like because you think of him as kind of having the best, um, just IQ in terms of when to score versus pass. Um, but in like those moments when he needs to, it's he knows exactly he can hit those shots. Um, but to, but to the Kyrie point, it's um. Yeah, it's kind of like how many different I mean KD is the ultimate player of this. KD has zero weaknesses in his game. Um he could score elite at every level on the basketball court. And he can make every pass he wants to make. So, it's I mean it it's the perfect example, right?
1: Yeah, I think Ky, uh sorry, KD was the he KD was the unstoppable, unfigurable, uh, un uh unsolvable riddle for the Warriors uh, a few years back. Um but here's the thing. I think he wore down that series. There are some other things off the court, obviously, but I think he wore down that series too. Like I think he was tired. Uh, he w- he think... wore
2: down because the way the Thunder played required him to to um, overexert. I mean, they they played; it was just isolation over. So his his legs yeah. just went over time. But it, but that goes back to Bob's point. You yep. want to have more guys who can do more things because I mean, he was playing with a Roberson with an Adams. Like useful players, but like you're not putting the ball in their hands.
1: No right. So that that is the that is the perfect point 'cause 'cause yeah, I mean he had the ball, he was doing a James Harden. And you think the Warriors are tiring out now? Like that's that's the thing. It's like K D scored forty five yesterday. That was his type of game. He needed that type of game to keep the Warriors in it. But he didn't seem like he was that tired. I don't think he was that great in the fourth quarter, but he wasn't tired.
2: No. Um because um well he did have some uh, i mean he had a lot of absurd shots but he got a lot of those points in rhythm and then he just started taking over so it wasn't like it wasn't like every basket was three hesitations step back like just a lot of work you know what i mean <laughs> like i'd say 20 of those points were just in rhythm and then all of a sudden once he was feeling it he could you know he could start doing the fancier stuff as counters right
1: yeah, I, I um, and and that's the that's the part where if you had the entire t- Warriors team engaged, a a team where you can have Steph and KD running multiple offensive counters, both on and off the ball, if KD wants to play off the ball, and then you have Clay on top of that. I don't care if they have Looney and Jordan Bell as the other two. That often, well, actually, that might that might screw up the offense. But you have Draymond and somebody like a Looney, that's still an unstoppable offense. They just don't have the ability to play together that way right now. That's the problem.
2: Yeah, so um I kind of want to tie it back more philosophically on Bob's point. I feel like Bob's talking kind of about something we keep seeing in sports with with analytics specifically, where people are looking for like specialized players. Whereas his point is in the playoffs, you, I mean, it's nice to have a Kyle Corver off your bench, right? Like every team would like to have that. But ideally, you want to have less specialists and more like, you'd rather have a guy who can do a, who's like kind of a B in everything than a guy who is an A plus at one thing, but then like a C minus in everything else, right?
1: Ooh, interesting.
2: And, and that's kind of the opposite to the regular season where we see people like, using plus-minus stats and, like, RPM and stuff like that to say, like, well, this player is such a great shooter and he has this huge plus impact on the offense. It's like, well, he does. But get into a playoff series where all he can do is shoot. Good luck getting those open looks if he can't counter himself to anything else.
1: What's a direct example of that? I'm trying to relate it back to the to the series then because are we talking, like, Kyle Lowry? Are we talking, like, players – on specific teams are like jj reddick doesn't seem like he's playable right now right he's horrible on defense um and if they're not running plays, reddick
2: can do enough with the ball though reddick can put a couple of dribbles on the floor and hit a pull up pass the ball like i'm not not saying he's amazing but he's not like he's not he's not joe harris joe harris is a good example like he, he got he got hot in what a game and a half there and then they just kind of keyed it on him. And then, I mean, he kind of still served his purpose. They had to keep a guy on him, but like ultimately he was rendered kind of out of the series after a while.
1: Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because I think this is a good example of it. Who do you think wins, the Bucks or the Celtics?
2: Celtics. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, they have I kinda, more. I, they know, have... I think this, I think what Bob Myers is saying is running perfectly to that. I think there's a reason why you're picking the Celtics over the Bucs, um, even though the Bucs are, are the top seed in the entire NBA.
2: And they, it wouldn't surprise me if they won because the Bucs have – I mean, one, Giannis is uh, – to say Giannis is just a one, one-trick one pony would be so, like, very short.
1: Well, I'm, I'm thinking of Nikola, Nikola Miritich. Right. Right. Like what's he doing if he can't you know, if make five raining, threes in a game? Right, yeah. Brook Lopez, what's he doing if he can't make five threes in a game? Right, Chris Middleton, who I'm sure is a Middleton's fine defender, got, Middleton's
2: but got a little more shake to him. He can create off the bounce.
1: I I just I start somebody I trust, right? I, but that's just merely he's just not good enough. But I think the Bucks have created. I think they're a f- perfectly built team with what they have, but they may be missing the all-around uh, offensive and defensive uh, players that Bob Myers is talking to. I would pick uh, them to play to, against. The I, I would
2: pick them to. Win it and maybe win it all if I thought Middleton or Bledsoe were just a little better than they were, but because they're point, not
1: like B, they got like B minus traits, right? Like tops, you want them to have A
0: minus,
2: right? Like Bledsoe's an is an A level defender and he can do a lot of things on offense, but like you don't want him to be your focal point on offense. Yeah, Middleton is just good at everything, which makes him very playable, but they kind of need him to be great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they kind of need him to be great at something. Like with Draymond, he's great on defense, and he's just fine enough on offense through these years where he, where he's still a star. Like you can't just be B minus all the way through, like Chris Middleton in a playoff series, um, and, and expect that to be your second best player and win. So, I don't know. I still think the Bucks win though. So they could. I <laughs> so think, it's, that, going, I think it's going. I think it's going six or seven. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think Giannis is just that good, man. We'll, we'll Giannis is just that good. Giannis, LeBron,
2: and we'll learn um, exactly how all-around Boston's players are because they got a lot of guys who can do a lot of things. But sometimes it's questionable how well they yeah. can actually do those. Like, like Tatum <laughs> Brown. I yeah. think I think a lot higher of Tatum than you, but I don't think he's anywhere near.
1: Whoa, he's playing well though. He's he's he did well against the Pacers.
2: He did well last playoffs too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it speaks to, obviously, and the, they they run a similar offense to the Warriors where if you're looking at the numbers, a lot of guys are going to look, quote, unquote, less impressive than the guy who gets to run out of pick and roll nonstop. Like Kyrie averages, what, 23 points a game? So, but w- would you say he's one of the five best scorers in the NBA? I would.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, Kyrie and Katie's going to New York. I don't even run this bullshit system, man. They just want to run a system together where they can both average thirty where,
2: points, where they're going to win forty-seven games and then be the most terrifying playoff team ever. <laughs> like I, I, would want no part of those two on a playoff team. Yeah, but they're but going to have
1: they're going to have such a miserable regular season. Like just, it's just
2: show up, show up against uh, Toronto to win by 20 to show how good they are than like lose three straight to Charlotte, Orlando, and Atlanta.
1: <laughs> that's probably what, you know, that's, you know, somebody was saying that they would rather start a team with Steph Curry than Kevin Durant. Uh, but you know, they might take, they probably take Kevin Durant over Steph in like one game series. And like, oh, I yeah, kind of get like, it.
2: That's not even a question to me.
1: What, um, which part? Cause um... I would take Steph in both cases.
2: No, well, okay. Here's the thing. No, one game series. One game series. (laughs) I'm
1: taking KD. One game. Yeah, I mean, I've seen seen a one game series. Higher floor. Steph won.
2: Yeah, but I've also seen it go. So with Steph, if Steph's on it, it's over. Um.
1: Well, that's the one game series, right? But if he's he's, but
2: if he but if he's not, you you know, it's higher floor versus higher ceiling is what it really comes down to. Give me a higher
1: ceiling every single time
2: but you know for a fact KD's not gonna have uh his low his his low games are like eight for 20 for 30 points you know something like that where it's like to the free throw line he's not well, i think like...
1: the argument i think the argument for that would then be you would rather have i don't know how the fuck this turning into stuff to kd but the argument would be you would want kd to start a, to start a franchise but the problem is it's hard to start a franchise with KD just because of KD is as a personality at this point. So I guess that was the point I was trying to make. Yeah.
2: I don't know. Um, We're going to get out of here on this. Yeah.
1: We went, we went far. Uh, So we went, we went from,
2: we started with um, being upset at the Clipper game and demanding Steve Kerr's job to sympathizing with Steve Kerr to then some weird philosophy, basketball philosophy. (laughs)
1: Uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to write the uh, the recap of this pod. It's going to be great. So we've got uh Warriors game six Friday night, and then game seven Sunday if it happens, or game one Sunday I believe. Is that right? They're gonna Isn't
2: they're it? gonna be playing nude on Sunday. Yourself. No matter what, yeah. And we will be on the radio Sunday. Sunday night. at about five four thirty five.
1: Okay, perfect. All right, brother. All right.